Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs here alongside my cousin and co-host, Neil Carroll. Welcome, everyone. So much, too much to discuss. This episode's going to be big. I have yes. so many things to say. We we also have a uh, special guest star uh, Ooh. today joining us on the pod, my, my daughter. Uh, uh, the, she is right next to me making baby noises. So if the you soft the baby cool noises, of baby noises. We don't have the editing skills to edit the baby noises out, but I think it makes I, it more authentic. I think so. It adds a touch of, uh, of, of a personalized softness to the yeah, show. So you're yeah. going to hear some some baby noises, some baby grunts, maybe a cry here or there. We might a cry have to or pause two. in the middle of this to to you know to eat, but. Other than that, yeah, so she is joining us as well. Um, we have so much to talk about today. Indeed. Mostly Marvel stuff. Basically, we've got the Loki season finale, which we're going to start with. We're going to do some rolling or trolling, and then we're going to oh, yeah. end with Black Widow. Which is a, a tremendous, it seems to be a juggernaut at the box office, quite frankly. Well, it was for the first weekend, and then the second mm. weekend, apparently, it had a significant drop-off. Which... But it did hit, uh, it did surpass episode nine of Star Wars, which was a, a moment of note, yeah, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think movie theaters are actually upset with Disney because of that drop-off, because they're like, it was because it's on Disney+. Plus. Right on. Um, let's talk Loki. Let's do it. We Let's got the season right finale. Involved. Um, it. Uh, what were? What was your overall impression of the season finale before we get into the details? I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. I mean, we we knew what was coming. There was a a second where I thought it could go in a different direction, but uh, they they set everything up perfectly. Like it's just yet another example. Mm-hmm. Of and and I won't bury the lead either. Um, Black Widow, the same thing. Yet another perfect example of just fit, nestling in perfectly, fitting in perfectly with the overall story. Yeah, it it really balanced setting up and being a part of like you said that overall story yeah. but actually giving us the um the all the character beats yeah that we needed definitely for loki and for the show specifically so it did a great job of balancing here's setting up for the greater mcu right. but we're also taking care of answers for this specific show which is was done beautifully Done beautifully, and Sienna agrees. Yes, absolutely. Her, she concurs. Uh, that's her agreement, Grunt. Ah, yes. So let's uh, let's get into the the weeds here with let's do it with this episode. So we basically start off the that Sylvie and Loki they're going up to the it's it's essentially the Citadel, right? Which they're, excellent they're walking into Name. it. Um, they're greeted by miss minutes who gives them a warning uh basically that they could you know 
be reinserted into the timeline if they just stopped right there or they could continue on and see what happens they decide to continue on and who do we see greet them through the next door but none other than jonathan majors playing kang the conqueror really in this he is being called he who remains which is right. a character separate from kang but they decided to kind of combine Bind the two. two um and many are noting that this is probably um the closest version to immortus from the comic books who was yeah. like not totally awful not fully evil he was a little bit more measured version of kang Uh, um so and his costume fit immortus the closest um out of all the versions of kang immortus and all that um so we we get greeted by jonathan majors um right and he lays everything out for them he does like let's talk about him for a minute i was fine with him um i feel like i'm judging too much because it's a tv show Mm -hmm. so he he doesn't feel like a movie universe villain to me yet but i'm willing to i'm willing to bypass that because the other thing that occurred to me is and again, spoilers, there's no sense in burying the lead. We're, it's a time, it's a show about time travel, so we're going to jump back and forth anyway. Uh, we met one version of him. Yes. So that version kind of grew on me by the end of the show. Um, it, was, it was really only like 10 minutes of him in it. So by the in minute nine, I was like, okay, that's not so bad. But we do get a chance like and he that actor likely gets a chance to portray different versions and act differently and do different things so i i i'm okay with it i'm excited about him now i was nervous about that actor just because i wasn't i wasn't vibing with the with the the choices he made for that character yet and then it kind of came was going to be the big bad and how the big bad permanently Right. Yeah, so, like, it makes sense, though, him playing that character, and the, like you said, the the key to this is that he is just one version, and right. he says he explains to Loki and Sylvie that the rest of the versions of him are not as nice, way worse. Yeah, basically. So, uh, I I think that's going to be so much fun to watch. Is like, what's he going to do with? The more evil version right i loved what he did in this episode i thought it was great i thought it was a lot of fun i thought yes. it was basically like tom hiddleston and sylvie and and um owen wilson and everyone got us all to the finish line yep and then jonathan majors was were just like all right i got this i got this yeah, I'm gonna take you over the finish line now with what I'm I agree. about to do. Like that's that's what I mean. Like I I enjoyed it when I realized what it was. Yes. Like yep. he's setting up. He's peculiar. He's odd, but that's one. That's the nice guy. Right. Like we. 
you know, yeah. He's the nice guy who's making still like, evil, basically you know? taking everyone's free will away, right? Um, but doing it for a, what he thinks is a good cause, and right? He's been alone for Lord knows how long. He's just jillions of years. Time yeah. doesn't work the same way where he is. He could it could be trillions and trillions of years put together that he's been there alone so of course he's going to be very odd and peculiar now now let's talk like let's do let's do a hurried up version of this like let's yeah. here's what we know we know uh, mobius comes back we know they all get out of the void we know from last episode uh, you know who died who didn't um all of them being back tremendous uh what's her name i'm, I'm drawing a blank oh my god so the no, no, no. Oh, the bad, uh, like the evil one. Ravona Renslayer. Yes. Renslayer. She like escapes into time. Okay. And yes. is doing her thing. But here's what I wanted to fast forward to. Because in our last episode, we were like, well, what do you want to see? Do you want it to be a Loki that's at the end of the line? Do you want it to be this? And I said, I was hoping that the Time Lords were real. And okay. if you noticed when they walked through the citadel, there were broken statues or no, or there were statues. And I think his was broken or something, but it no. seemed like there were four statues. So it's likely that the time Lords were real or, or some version of them were real. And then he's, you know, the, the evil the one who boxed them out. Right. The the one who remains kind of. So I want to know what that's about. It's yeah. So it's interesting to th think that is possible that there were timekeepers and he mm. took them over because essentially. So essentially we get an ending very different from a lot of Marvel endings and different yeah. from what we've seen from the Marvel shows so far, which is like setting up, setting up a bunch of mystery, bunch of mystery. Then in finale, there's a like CGI kind of actiony. Um, yeah fight sequence with the bad guys this uh, true to form for the show yep ends basically with a conversation yeah the whole episode is a conversation about uh, essentially do you do you just stick with the evil you know or you try or something is it new. better to have your free will but you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so that's a whole conversation that Kang, Sylvie, and Loki are having for the majority of the episode, which I thought was perfect. It's yeah. exactly what I've kind of been looking for from a Marvel movie. Like, it doesn't always have to be a, a happy ending. fight. Like, give me right. something. Like, this was still a great ending. Um, and so within that whole conversation, Kang explains where we are who he is how he got there and and what's happening so essentially kang and all of the different versions of kang right. discovered how to travel between different timelines yes and so being kangs they start a whole multiversal war with each other that could have torn everything apart if it had continued right which 
Go ahead. is big enough. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that 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 concept is big enough for the film universe. It is yes. perfect to set up here. Like it's they're doing everything right. I think it's going to be perfectly executed. Um, there was a bit of like matrixy. Uh, we can put you back into the matrix, and you know you won't know anything. It'll just be like hey, your life is good, or you know, or you can do this, and and you take the blue pill, yeah. and go down the rabbit hole. I like that. The ending. If you want to jump right to the ending, ending. Um, really, go ahead. You more I to do, say? I do want to just touch on some of the stuff that happens before the ending. Let's do it. I think we should save that. Yeah. Okay. So, Essentially, we have that war, right? And right. this version of Kang ends it by figuring out, and this is where we kind of don't know, like, did he discover timekeepers and then eliminate right. them and create the one single timeline? Or did he make up the timekeepers and still he created the one single timeline um, just to kind of hide what he was doing? But essentially, he was the one that figured out how to end the multiversal war before it destroyed everything by creating right. one single timeline so that there's basically only one version of him and the TVA could go and eliminate the versions of him that were going to screw things up. Which is the version I prefer? Like that that they're going to go before he could screw things up and they tried to uh, stop him. Like, I like that notion. Yes. So, and, and then obviously it, it uh, snowballs into making sure that there's no different versions of the timeline and there are no variants right. and they're, they're keeping everything else. Variants into TVA agents all because if it gets to a certain point, the timeline's going to screw up and then there's going to be a bunch of Kangs running around fighting each other again and creating okay. chaos. Um, so that's what we find out. And then we also find out that Kang knows up to a point everything that's going to happen. That was the coolest aspect. Yes. Until I like that. A, a point where it's essentially he's giving Loki and Sylvie a decision. Again, the offer is put on the table that I can actually, it's a different offer than originally. Originally they were offered. We'll put you back in the timeline. Right. This offer was you guys can either kill me and who knows what happens or you both can just take over. Just keep doing what we're, keep, what I'm doing here. Keep the timeline going create what you want to create live here and take over for me because i'm done either way right i don't want to do this anymore and i don't care what happens either way it's you i'm decision. tired you figure out what you want to do now with all of the personal growth that loki's gone through i mean and he did want he kind of wanted to like take that route of like maybe we should Dude, and then at the end, it was like, well, you know, just don't kill him. Let him continue doing it. He'll do it by default or whatever. Don't you think he would jump at that? So Loki? normally he would. It's interesting, too, because he has to, like, make the argument. Essentially, he believes that whatever might happen by yeah. creating multiple timelines is too. He's too scared of it. 
and he thinks it's too dangerous. It's a combination of both, right? Which is very right. true to Loki, where, you know, he might think it's genuinely the right thing to do to, like, keep that one timeline, but he's also scared of what he doesn't know. That's true right. to his character. Um, I agree. And so he has to kind of make the argument that while he still has that aspect of him, it's not because he wants to lord over something and rule. It's because he genuinely believes this is for the greater good. And that's a tough argument to make when yeah. he is who he is, right? And that's part of what he's Fair trying enough. to do with Sylvie. And that's why he says, I don't care. Like, let him stay. And yeah. we'll just we'll just go. We'll go he'll put a, us back in the timeline. I don't care. I don't want to rule. I just don't want this the unknown to happen. I feel more comfortable knowing the, yeah. what's happening than having free will and not knowing what's going on. Sylvie does not feel the same way. Does not feel the same way at all. She is like so angry. She's got a lot of anger and got it's, a lot of anger. It's interesting because we still like we have a little bit of background from her. We obviously know she was taken right. from Asgard when she was a little girl by Which the TVA. She's not pleased she's about dedicated her her whole life to taking down the TVA and the person who created it. Um, and so she accomplishes her mission. She basically her and Loki get into a scuffle. She is able to send Loki back to the TVA. Right. And then she presumably kills. Oh, she does kill Kang. We see it. Absolutely. She makes so, the decision. So Kang's dead. She makes the decision. That version of Kang is dead. That version of Kang is dead. In a very Loki style, just makes a decision to fulfill a personal need as opposed to a, a global concern, a yep. more macro opinion or whatever so she kills him and now she's still there if i remember correctly yeah so like i don't know what that translates to does that translate to season two or the movies or whatever where she's gonna run the show i don't think so because yeah. once you see once because well, well, now it's falling apart timeline yeah. and all the various there's so many different mm -hmm. branches behind them it's all breaking um, apart so and she still has kang's little time device so she right. can just jump to wherever she wants to go um, now the interesting note about kang's device because it is different than the timekeeper's device yes it's like a almost a time apple watch correct that's exactly what it looks like like a time apple watch it's my interpretation and I think given the post credits or given the end, this will come in handy. It's my interpretation that that Apple watch will lead her to any branch of time. Probably. So we kind of see at the end when yeah. Loki gets back to the TVA, he runs into Mobius and the, the one TVA agent that I'm, we know. I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting her, uh, her name, B15. B15. Um, and friendly TVA agent. He Loki is trying to warn them of, about the, you know, the Kang, the He Who Remains variant. Right. Um, but they have no idea who Loki is. Right. They ask if if he's another agent, and then he looks up and he sees that a statue 
of probably one of the variants has replaced the yes. timekeeper statues within the TVA. So now is it has he been sent to a different branch of the TVA or is it that when he got sent back to the TVA by the time he gets back there everything has already changed? Well that's the fun part because it's almost like the planet of the apes. You know, going along the beach and then seeing the Statue of Liberty it's like oh holy Christ we're here the whole time like it was a nice reveal like i like that yeah i believe he got sent to a different branch because i don't know that necessarily everything would have changed so much like in his branch of time i think it would have just been it's falling apart but everybody still remembers what they just did is are there different branches of time within the tva because the TVA doesn't work like, like the rest that. of the world, Ooh, right? Yeah. It's all like... But how could he not recognize Loki? Like, if he had I seen don't him know. before. Maybe That's the thing. because they kill Kang, hmm. all of the events that they went through never happened? Well, see, uh, now, like, yeah, now, now they got gets, me. Now it gets weird, and we have, right. we have a bunch of questions, obviously. Um, they got me for a second season, though, because I want to answer those questions. Without a doubt. And we know yeah. we're getting a second season. That was confirmed right. in the in the post credits that we're getting a second season. Um, I want to take a, a step back before we kind of get into what we might be looking at for yeah. season two. I want to talk about Sylvie's decision. Let's do it. What What do you think about her decision? Like, do you think it, it made sense for her to do what she did. You're essentially choosing uh, being comfortable over right. having free will. It was essentially well, the choice that was given to them. Here's why I think they blew it. Because they would have had free will. Because now they know more than everybody else. Like ever. So they have this information. They could have returned to... The, our regular timeline and live their life knowing what's out there and knowing what's going on. Um, do I yeah, agree with her decision? If they, no. if they had got been inserted back to the timeline, not yeah. taken over and not killed Kang, but just been reinserted into the timeline. Right. It just would have been rewritten for them to be. I guess that's true. So yeah. like, it's not, it's not that they'd have free will. It's just that their one destiny changes to a different destiny. To a distant, different no, destiny. No, I wouldn't have. If it's me, because I, 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 you know, I don't want that fear of the unknown. Like, I guess I'm more the the new and improved Loki than than the Sylvie or the old gotcha. school Loki. Like, I agree. I don't want chaos, but I think it would have been irresistible to me to take over the timeline like i would have i just would have kept him i would have kept him alive though yeah i think you know i mean that would have been some hard work but if you had like if at least those two would be together right at that point but the other thing to to consider so obviously kang is or uh he who remains is doing this in the you know as he says in the name of the greater good, but right. then s- someone like Sylvie is looking at it and she's like, Oh, that's fine. What about the greater good for all of the people that you are eliminating from the timeline? 
Right. That's the other aspect of it. Outside of not giving people free will, they're you're plucking also, people out of existence. Also, killing people. Yeah, essentially, Mass killing people for the the larger majority. So it's yeah. a similar thing to like what Thanos did, right? It's like, yeah, half of the universe is going to be eliminated, but that other half of the universe should thrive in theory. In theory. Um, is it worth doing that? Or do you kind of believe in the inherent goodness of people to overcome the problems that you're trying to, you know, prevent themselves? Right. I mean, here's the thing. I love the existential nightmares that Marvel's creating. Because oh, it was yeah. great, like, we've got Thanos. What's Thanos all about? He's courting death. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, he's teamed up with Loki. It's going to be nuts. They've got the Chitari. They're coming to attack New York. And then they lead us to this existential crisis where it's like, he wants to eliminate half the population to conserve the resources of the universe because there's too many of us we've infested the universe and we can't, we're overburdening the system and it was a thin a thinly veiled allegory to climate change and earth we're using too much of our own resources it was a nice touch marvel's continuing that with this concept now we've got a free will concept we've got you're plucking people out of timelines and erasing their minds uh, you know so that they think they're living a life that they're really not living or but, you're just eliminating them completely. Or you're just eliminating them completely, sending them to the void. And I like that they mask the fact that they're basically killing people by saying, oh, well, they're just going to the void and it's up to them to survive. Even though no right. one ever it comes back. It went from we're you know. killing them to, right. no, they just go to the void to, they well, to the there void. is a giant cloud monster that kills them. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So that was, it. they do a great job of making it Making a horrible thing soft enough to swallow. A little more soft. Yeah. So I have to applaud them for that too. But again, here's like, what do you, he, what, here's my question. How does this translate to the cinematic universe? So you've got Quantumania coming from Ant Man. Okay. All right. Ooh. And you've got all of these timelines and all of these branches. And Loki may or may not be, he may or may not be in the the timeline that ant-man and everyone else is in you know he might have gotten thrust into a different world so which kang is going to be movie bad guy kang so let's so let's let's break this down um because obviously when the producers said that this show would have a major impact on the rest of the mcu yeah it's very true so Correct. next up that we're getting we're getting Marvel What If, the the cartoon, right. which will right. be coming, which I think we're probably just going to do weekly because that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot we'll of talk fun. Talk about that weekly. Um, then followed up by uh, Shang-Chi yes. in, uh, in September. Okay, so we're going to have Shang that. We are going to have Venom, the the... Let there be carnage. Yeah, which I don't which think I think is know. gonna have a little crossover with MCU. Yeah. So there likely be a the least of multiverse stuff going on there because we're getting cameos from Michael Keaton, who's in the MCU. Right. Um, then we're getting the Eternals, which we're gonna get some answers on 
kind of the godlike figures in the MCU? Are right. they as powerful as someone like Kang? Exactly. Who the timekeepers were supposed to be? Um, right. Because again, they're more from the trailers it seems like they're supposed to be watching and not interfering in right. what's going on in the but universe, even if they're at the same time they know, do right depending on the level of threat so like we'll see there but then really it's the the next two movies that go that are in full-on uh relation with what happened with the multiverse and kang and what's going on you're going to have right. Spider-Man No Way Home. That's going to come out. Uh, we know we're getting summer. crossovers. We right. know we are getting people from different from the Sony universe, villains from the Sony universe or other universes, whatever it is, because like Green Goblin right. is a villain. Obviously, he They're died coming. in the Sony universe, but he's some version of Green Goblin is going to be there. Like Doc, Dr. Octopus, we saw him die in the Sony universe, but we know he is going to be in this movie as well so like things like that like uh, jamie fox as electro we know he's in it but electro sucked in amazing spider-man 2 so like they're probably going to do a better version a better electro right so like i like this aspect oh there's versions within the version to make sure that we can either keep the character alive for those who died or improve upon what didn't work which is going to be great um and so we know we're getting that and that is directly impacted by what loki did um so you have that and then followed up by dr strange and the multiverse of madness madness who Doctor Strange must be going mad with like everything that just happened because he's trying to like, you know, keep everything running on Earth and in the right. actual plane he's protecting or whatever, the, realm. the whole yeah. thing, and it's just like got to be chaos. That you know what whatever he did, fourteen million outcomes or whatever that he did in Endgame has now had to have become way way more than that. Um, so that's going to be directly impacted as well. True. But I put this to you. Um, how awesome is it? Or, or not awesome. Like I, I, you, can't, you cannot say that the Marvel people are not creative. Like You can't say that because they're so creative. But they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But if you think about it, they do keep visiting the well of Loki. Like, let's review. Let's review. Okay. Loki is essentially the cause of every problem the Avengers have faced thus far. Um, and, the, yeah. and an argument an argument was made once that uh, Iron Man was because he does the Iron Shield and he does... Um, Ultron and he creates all these things but like really the Avengers gather together to defeat Loki the first time it's Loki and the Chitauri with Thanos with Thanos right but that's the thing he's working with Thanos right that gets the ball rolling that gets the ball rolling he's indirectly related to that happening now we solve 
all the Thanos problems that were started, kicked off by Loki. All the Thanos right problems resolved. Kicking off the next one, and he just keeps stepping on his own ass. Like he keeps just <laughs> opening the door to another. So now we've got all of the Kang issues that are about to start, and the yeah. the whole next phase. Like he just again he started, Loki started the whole he next started phase. Started the the um the um first saga yes. basically kicks off the infinity saga and now he's kicking off what some people are calling right now the multiverse saga right which it may or may not be the huge thing for this next saga like is is kang even the big bad or are we going to have it solved by the ant-man quantum that's Mania? true like who that's knows? true there's yeah. there's more than you you got to think that um fantastic four are going to be getting involved Yes. In this multiverse stuff, once that happens, um, they are taking heavy, heavily. This will be influenced by a um, comic book crossover that they did, I think, within the last decade called Secret Wars. Yes. Um, which was basically the big multiversal war that we've talked about, that we've been talking about um, in in the comic books. Uh and that's how they brought certain characters from other universes into the main timeline. So that's how they brought a character like Miles Morales, who is in the right. ultimate Marvel comics. They were over. able to bring him over. They were able to bring over, um, I believe, like the like Black Nick Fury and like mm-hmm. people like that. They were able to bring over to the main timeline right. to do that. I think it's... Like, I can't get over how incredible it is that, like, the multiverse is right. these thing. It is. Like, it's it's, it's yeah. in their Crisis bag. Crisis on Infinite Earths. And yeah. Marvel just reached into their bag, took it, and were like, no, no, no. We're going to do this, and we're already going to be better at it than you. Right. Like, you got something to say? And they just like, did oh, it. that's cute. You're gonna do that in your Flash movie that you've spent ten years trying to make. Right. We're just gonna do it now in a throwaway Loki TV show, and we've already got it plotted out for five other movies how it's gonna work. That is the best part of Marvel. Like it just is the best. They're just like, and oh yeah, that's cute. You can do that. We're just gonna take it and perfect it. I'm gonna make one pitch because. There is only one thing left to do in this multiverse that hasn't been done yet, hasn't been hinted at. For five minutes, just scan to one universe where Hasselhoff is Nick Fury. Okay. Just for like, just for a two, you could get in it. it that you could do it. Now's the moment, yeah. and then that's everything. Like yeah. they've thrown everything at us we've got michael keaton in the marvel universe tremendous even though he's not batman there obviously but he's there he's awesome he's doing his thing he's coming back we've got uh andrew garfield we've got toby Maguire. we've got all this stuff they're going to introduce fantastic four which we've all been waiting for a great version every day we get closer to a reality of hugh jackman returning as wolverine every moment that passes all that's left is Nick Fury, and I swear to God, Chris, I will fall off my chair and give up everything if Nick Fury's driving a car 
and the voice of the car is Feeny from Boy Meets World or like Kit from Knight Rider. Yes. Like that's all I want. Have a scene. You know what? Don't even be driving a car, but have a scene where Hasselhoff's fury turns to a computer and the computer's voice is Feeny because that was the voice for of Kit from I mean, Knight Rider. That would be unbelievable. I would plot. <laughs> I, it would be perfect. Like that's all we need. That's all we need. Oh, man. Well, do we have do we have any more questions kind of left unanswered uh, for for season two or the future of the MCU? Or do we think we're pretty, pretty well wrapped up with with Loki season one? I think we're pretty well wrapped up. Frankly, I think we need a movie. I think we need a movie to figure out the, the season two of it all. Yeah, we we're, we need the movies in between yeah. to now link us to what we're going to get in season two. Or is season two going to be a little bit more standalone where it's now Adventures with Loki as opposed well, that, to that would be so much big, fun. larger mystery? Um, going to be interesting to see. But we, you know, obviously you and I loved this show. And yes. I thought they ended it exactly how it should have ended, which was great. To yeah. see because we were left a little, you know, lukewarm with the the previous two Disney Plus shows. So it's awesome to see that, you know, while those two shows were a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun watching yeah. them and they were good and they had some great moments, it was really nice to see like, oh, Marvel, you guys can can create a show at the level of like a Mandalorian. Good for you guys. One hundred percent. That's awesome. That's 100% a great analogy. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Disney Plus Marvel TV Disney shows, Deuce. let's what do we got? get into rolling or trolling. Here's Disney Plus at the Emmys. WandaVision okay. got 23 nominations, including nice. Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, and Katherine Hahn for different acting categories. All makes sense. Falcon and Winter Soldier got five including a very weird nomination for the like two minutes of screen time that don Cheadle appears he was really? nominated for like best supporting actor in a limited series more like best supporting actor actor in a limited eight minutes right he also found that strange <laughs> part of a tweet he said i don't really get it either but on we go on we go All right, then, good for him Rounding it out, The Mandalorian had 24 Emmy nominations. I'm sure the majority of those nominations are kind of, you know, technical and, and stuff like that. But, yeah. Neil, how are you feeling about Disney Plus's dominance at the Emmys? I am rolling with it all. Look, I was hesitant when when the Amazons and everything else started getting involved in the Oscars and in the um, Emmys and so on, the Golden Globes. But it, we're here now. These are the these are the new studios. It's yeah. no longer Paramount. It's no longer I'm working for uh, you know MGM or whatever it is. These are the studios. So it works for me. These shows deserve it. Um, I I think sight like uh, without knowing the specifics of their forty nominations, I think Mandalorian deserves to win all forty of the categories they're nominated. Yeah. Uh, the rest of these shows, I don't know. You know, I don't know. They were good. I enjoyed them. We talked about them. But The Mandalorian, I think, still is probably critically the best show they've got out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Obviously, I think next round of Emmys, we're going to be getting a lot from Loki. Definitely. Um, like, if Don Cheadle is getting a supporting actor <laughs> yeah. nomination, then, like, Jonathan Majors better be getting something as well next year. Yeah. For, for Kang, like, give me some Owen Wilson love, some oh, yeah. Middleson love. Um, I blanking on the actress of Sylvie, but she did great. So like, let's, let's reward Loki. Cause it was really good. And you um, know what else? Like I'll roll with this too, because I think that these streaming services, Netflix, uh, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, they're making it more okay for movie actors to be in these television shows. Yes. Because that wall has been breaking down. It used to be you're a TV actor or you're a movie actor. Right. Then it got a little soft. It went back and forth a little bit. Like so Charlie started Sheen. doing like limited series yeah. and stuff like on HBO and things right. like that where prestigious act movie actors would be like, oh, I don't have to spend half a year filming In a show. Bosnia, okay, I'll do right. this. So I think, yeah, I think that I think these these services are helping that tremendously. Yeah. Um, moving on and continuing with Mandalorian. Right. Um, it looks like we are getting a Disney Plus special that will give us a behind-the-scenes look at the big Luke Skywalker cameo from season, the Season 2 finale. I don't care. I don't need a behind-the-scenes look. I need more Luke Skywalker <laughs> in the show. Like, I'm, I'm going to troll that because don't, you know... Like, don't play with me. Don't be like, oh, we gave you Luke Skywalker. And then, look, we're going to show you how we gave you Luke Skywalker, even though we know how you superimposed his face on the thing. But we're still, look, like, no, enough now. Just give me more. Like, I'm, I've had, you know, I've had the first taste. I want more. Uh, <laughs> I Very, very demanding, demanding of you. <laughs> true to being a yes. true Star Wars fan. You're Indeed. very demanding. Very um, demanding. I I'm rolling with it because I enjoy all of the kind of behind the scenes documentary stuff that Disney right. plus puts out about their shows. I'm almost through the first um, and I forget what it's called, but the first season of the Mandalorian where they did like an episodic kind of behind the scenes round table. They showed you. Um, oh my gosh. What is, what is the thing called? where they're filming the set where they're filming and they have yeah. the screens behind oh, like the green like, screen and all, all that. All that is so cool, but it's, 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 um, Oh gosh, I can't remember what the name of it. It's not like a, it's not an actual green screen. It's all right. like monitors set up behind them so that it looks like a live, oh, that's um, cool. you're in a live place but they can change the angles. They could change at nighttime, daytime. Like it's amazing. And that's where they film the whole thing. You should really check it out because I think you'd be really interested in it. Um, Fine. So as long as it uh, leads like, to I like more that Luke stuff, Skywalker. they did it for the Marvel shows as well. I want to check it out. So like, I'm into it. Like, let me know like what came to the decision. What was the story behind bringing Luke back? And yeah. you know, that, uh, that sounds fun to me. I'm digging um, it down. Marvel has confirmed that we will be seeing both Miss Marvel and Hawkeye Disney Plus premiere by the end of 2021. <sighs> we haven't gotten specific dates yet for those. People weren't right. sure, oh, do we even have enough time for them? But those are coming prior to 
the end of 2021. I'll look, I'll roll with it because, you know, give me more, make it work. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I have a Hawkeye comment later on. Yes. We're, we'll you get know. into that, but um, I'm all for it. Like, we'll, yes, so we'll give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Netflix plans Netflix. to offer video games to oh, their Lord. streaming platform. What, what, how did, what does that mean? Like I they don't plan on offering like you can play video games on Netflix. That's what they plan on offering. with my remote control. I guess so. With my Roku remote, maybe somehow, maybe you link up a I... controller. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm gonna slow roll because I feel like we're just like I feel I feel like one day, many years from now, the historians will find our podcast and realize like. Oh, they knew. They knew that Netflix was taking over the world and did nothing, you know, or they yeah. knew. And, and like, that's what I'm afraid of. Like every time they keep adding something, they're like, oh, we're, Netflix is now going to start delivering milk to your house. Like I just, it's, uh, it makes me nervous. That's fair. I'm going to slow that's roll. Fair. I'm, I'm kind of like, I just, I don't know how many more, like, I don't, need to play video games on netflix right like i have a playstation what well, like I the next war and, that's and gonna the be playstation like playstation and xbox and all of them they have their own like Dang. subscription services where right. you can play games like for free that they provide to the subscription service so i don't i don't get it at what point at what point does nintendo just decide they just launch a missile and they're like, that's it. We're taking, we're taking Netflix out. They're horning in on our action. We've enough. And like, that's the next war. It's not going to be between nations. It's not going to be a multiversal war. Exactly. It's going to be a console war. A console war. We're going to go back to those days. Um, this one you'll like, I threw this one in here for you. Clerks I'm ready. three is officially Rolling. moving forward with Lionsgate acquiring the worldwide rights. I'm excited about this because there was a lot. There was a lot to this. Kevin Smith, Jersey boy, represent Jersey, represent. All right, I'm excited, but he had a lot of trouble because while he wrote and directed, raised the money and made Clerks himself, um, he sold it because that's what you did when you're 29 years old and you make a hit movie in the indie world and you want it to be released and and become a success. So eventually all like all his stuff was done through Miramax majority of his stuff was done through Miramax which was a Weinstein company yeah. and all that entails now yep you know so he's spoken about that and and kind of regretting that that company kind of owns his IP he owns um Jay and Silent Bob the characters which was smart because he was able to do Jay and Silent Bob reboot and all that stuff but i'm excited because i think Clerks 2 was an excellent movie. Like, he has done Dogma, which is a movie about religion and all that, which I love. And it's a fun movie. He's done Mall Rats, which was, you know, Porky's in a mall, kind of a, a, a follow up to his I'm young, I'm indie, I'm raunchy, that kind of thing. Then there was a movie called Chasing Amy, which was heartfelt and about real issues and about growing up. But Clerks, that's how we all got here. Like, that's how we all got to meet him and know him and, and enjoy his movies. So 
seeing Clerks 1, we were all invested. Clerks 2 was a perfect uh, follow-up in the mm-hmm. story. So I'm excited for a Clerks 3 because if he stays true to himself and to the characters, I think it's going to be so much fun. Okay. So I'm rolling. All right. Way to go, Kev. Call me. I'm free that weekend. Let's go do stuff. Our last rolling or trolling. Reportedly, HBO paid James Gandolfini, the late, great James Gandolfini, $3 million back in the day mm-hmm. to not play Michael Scott's replacement in the office. Wow. They were like, we would prefer you not to join the cast of the office three million dollars. <laughs> um that's interesting. How do I how do we talk about that? How do I roll? I guess I'm rolling because if someone offered me three million dollars not to be in a show not to I, do any work. Yeah, I'd be like, all right. And then I'd call them once a week and be like, they want me to be in friends. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that either. And I like that would be my that's what I would do. Oh, well, uh, uh, community just called. Yeah, Donald exactly. Glover dropped out. Uh, they're thinking they about replacing it with me. <laughs> I guess it's because it was a comedy show, so they didn't want to taint maybe. The, the, like, the bad guy image. I don't know. I so good for him. I'm rolling with it. Way to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for many sure. Saints I'm, of I'm always for if you know, get your money while you can. Get your money. Um, get chose. Right. It's time. It's time. Let's talk some Black Widow. This is we a big episode my notes. today. Big it is episode. a big episode. Neil's got notes. Neil's I've notes. Got notes. That's right. Neil's notes. Are we ready? Let's, so, so kick me off. Let, let's. This yeah. is going to be spoiler heavy. We're not going to like. We're not going to walk through the plot like we normally right. do with the TV shows. But let's talk about how we felt about what happened. Let's get into the characters, the reveals, the Easter eggs. I will say, I'll say this. I'll open it this way. For a movie I generally liked, I've got a lot of problems with it. Okay, but you, you, your overall feelings yeah. were it's something that you can, you can see and acknowledge yes. the issues with the film, right. but you enjoyed I enjoyed the film, but this is not a film I'm returning to. Like, okay. I'm going to pick up Ant-Man again. I'm going to pick up Avengers Endgame many, many, many more times. Yeah, I'm going to pick up um, Iron Man 1 and, you know, 2 maybe again. Like, All right. I, you know, the Thors. I'm going to watch the Thors. This, I'm not, I'm not really revisiting. And here's why. Look. I'm always a big critic of use your time wisely. I don't mind a long movie, but at two hours and 13 minutes, like move this along, pick up the pace woman. Like it's this movie was uh, a lot of, and I don't mind talking either, but for as much time as they had, they really didn't flesh out a lot of these factors like the red room. And, uh, What's his name? Andropov or, um, you know, Ray Winston, who I love. Yeah, the, the bad guy. The bad guy. Like, flesh it out. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, we really, we get a very uh, flimsy um, motivation for Drakov. Yeah. And the Red Room and why that exists and, and that whole thing. I will say, 
what I did like and what I did feel like was very fleshed out was the the heroes right of the film and the care and the characters and their relationship so that whole like yes. little makeshift family that they had between uh Black Widow, Natasha, that was the best and part. Elena and yeah. Red Guardian and um who Rachel Weiss's character yes. I, I forget her name but like those four the they had a, that was a very great dynamic they did a Perfect. really good job with the the relationships and kind of the fact that they were a family, but they weren't really. And what would yeah. that be like? And exactly, some people I have took it really serious. Others pretended like it wasn't serious to them, but it really was. But it really so, like, was. They, they did it was a, really a beautiful thing. And I have that note too. I'm like, you know, the family dynamic was fun. The sister dynamic, especially, was perfect. They played that well. Um, and and shout out to David Arbor who, as the Red Guardian, Alexei Shostakov, Shostakov, was perfect. He's so much oh, fun. he's so great. And, and, that, and he adds to what you're saying. Like, when they're all together, I'm having fun. I'm loving it. The dynamic's great. Yep. They do a whole scene with a pig on the farm. Tremendous. Like, the, the snow escape from the prison. You know, the that action was, was good. The, the, all the action was great. I thought they had the a ton of great. really great set pieces. Yeah. Um, I, I will say. Would so, have been worth seeing in a theater for that. Without a doubt. So I yes. really enjoyed this movie as well. I actually kind of saw it twice. Explain. So I watched it the first night it came out. I was watching with my wife and my mom, actually. Right. And my wife had to go to bed so she left like 40 minutes in uh -huh. so me and my mom finished it and actually my mom enjoyed it and she doesn't watch any <laughs> of the marvel movies and she liked right it. and then the you know the next day when me and my wife got home from from visiting she wanted to finish the movie so i watched the you know the majority of the movie again right with her and i i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was really good um i think it's definitely rewatchable considering I, I did that. There yes. are issues, like you said. Yeah. This is not a perfect Marvel movie. No. It comes across the typical Marvel villain problem. Yes. And, and this seems to be like my issues with the villain were less like, listen, I understand the issues with uh, what's his name? Drakov. Yeah, the, the guy in charge of the Red yep. Room. like right. that was kind of you know the motivation's rushed not almost, really like, there. It's rushed. Yeah. It's it's glossed over. My issue is more with Taskmaster and how the Th I agree was handled. I they it was a very weak twist. Yes, when they revealed who Taskmaster yes. was, like I understand you're trying to get like <clears throat> you know some sort of connection at, with. Uh, Natasha and the collateral damage that she committed from doing what she did while with the Red Room and she's right. got to face that uh, in person like yeah. that's fine but like part of what makes Taskmaster a really good villain is like he talks a lot of crap he does in the comics and, like I don't mind making Taskmaster a woman either that's not a problem but it only matters if you care about her 
Like this is a we new don't really character. Know. It, it was so we don't know her. Yeah, that was kind of glossed over too. Her yeah. part, like she was killed. She was um Drakov's daughter, and she right. was killed as collateral damage by Natasha unsuccessfully, and, obviously. Right. And like we don't she's not even brought up like that's something that's a that's a two minute little clip that you're yes. told about yeah that you have to remember and call back when the big reveal is of who taskmaster is that's the problem you have to re- that's right you have to remember it you have to call it back so it's not like they spend two movies dropping a hint and you're like oh that right that easter egg's paying off this was like 40 minutes ago you said something about people dying and then we got involved in snow avalanches and everything else. And, and I forgot about it. The other thing is I would have rather eliminate Taskmaster completely because you could do all that fighting with the Red Guard and, and with uh, all those mind control people. Yep. And spend that 20 minutes really hammering home the, the Ray Winston uh, villainness of it all see like, I, that's what i think is the, and then do her do taskmaster as a post credits see i think the opposite you I think, think take ray winston fine. out and put don't take ray winston out but make mm-hmm. him even lesser like more okay. so in the background like that's right. fine he was just he could be this more mysterious character who controlled the red room and who black widow and yelena they're they're trying to get revenge on and all that right right that's fine like flush out taskmaster more like make them more of the villain like actually show us what taskmaster is doing when they're studying the the moves of all the superheroes sure and copying it like that is such a cool ability like explain why they can do that like maybe they were instead of being the daughter of ray winston's character maybe they were like part of the red room an experiment perfected and experimented on and like yes whatever it was like i agree make them make taskmaster cool there was an easy way for taskmaster to be a really cool villain Yes, he make already looked Taskmaster cool. like, great again. She looked really cool, like the costume. Oh, was sure, awesome. yeah. But like, you know, make the rest of it cool. Make the rest of it cool, or have some kind of callback. Like, if you're gonna change Taskmaster, you know, if you're gonna change gender, if you're gonna change background storyline, then go all the way and make it a character we've seen before that's dropped off the map. So that there's just a little bit more of a connection. Yeah, you could have that too. You know, absolutely. But but I totally agree. Like, yeah, either either pump up Ray Winston or pump him down and pump up uh, a Taskmaster. But you didn't have enough time for both, and you failed both. Because yeah, they were kind of instead of choosing one yeah. side, they're just like stayed in like no man's land. It was all limbo. Yeah, and and then you have the mind control factor. So. You've got all these these soldiers yeah. attacking you, coming after you, and you're freeing their minds and everything else. And you know we have the it, the um, introduction of this red mist that you know you puff the smoke in their face and they they right. snap out of it. Like spend the whole movie on that issue because that's a fun issue if you play it right. If you remember uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the Indiana Jones fourth yeah. outing, that was a horrible movie, but 
one of the aspects of it that worked was the villain in that movie was a Soviet, um, Kate, whatever. Kate Blanchett. Kate, was it? Yeah, Kate Blanchett, who's a tremendous. And her whole thing was, we can use this to turn you into us. You know, we'll use right. this to take over your leaders' minds and to have you doing the work of the Soviets and the blah, 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 and collectivize the planet. Like, that's, I made that note too. Like, the, the, the Cold War rhetoric, I loved in the movie. Right. Because it's like the Red Room, Red Guard. He, you know, David Arbor is talking about how, how much he thinks Captain America sucks because, you know, yeah. and, and all this like propaganda, all this, the Reds, the Reds. You know, do that. Like, play that. You're in Russia. Like, let's have a whole thing where it's the Russians are trying to mind control the world so that everyone is like them. So that it's all Soviet. But after the Soviet Union fell, uh, now the program's in limbo. Like, tell me that story. I just think I just think they botched. Like, I don't think it's a good movie because I think the the plot and the story was weak. But I think it was visually pleasant to watch. Yes, I agree with that. Again, like visually pleasant to watch. Loved all every action scene was done very, very well. Right. And I felt like the at least the main character development was there. A hundred percent. Outside of that. Yes. A a loose kind of weak plot. um, Mm -hmm. A a lot of holes within that. but, you know, at the same time, they were kind of, you could kind of tell they're like, they're just people are coming to see yeah, a, a, the, these characters and they're coming to see action. And that's fine. That's the movie right. they gave us. That's what a lot of action movies are. Um, I thought this almost was a combination of like a kind of Mission Impossible style action with like the um, the family themes that you get from like fast and furious films here's <laughs> you know what i mean just absolutely. like oh yeah we're a family family what do you family, think family. about this yeah family 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 what do you think about this i felt for the first time that this was like the first time that marvel phoned it in and for a phone in it was good but like i feel like they really didn't try as hard as they normally try yeah yeah, part of me thinks like man if this is them not trying oh then we're in great shape they make a prequel when they do exactly because i think this definitely is going to leave the door open to make prequels and revisit stuff revisit Uh, characters well let's talk about a couple of non-storyline issues yeah um let's do like the first the first one is kind of a storyline issue that's going to lead us out of it the whole thing opens with a reiteration of her violating the Sokovia Accords. We get William Hurt as the general. Yes. Perfect. That's fine. He, he's the perfect character to cross over. Yep. Very human character. You know, d- very militaristic. He's involved with the Hulk project. He's involved with, you know, would have been involved in the Cold War, Captain America, the whole bit. So he was perfect. But, like, something that is again not related to plot. I realized I have not seen Scarlett Johansson in a leading role where she's not in an ensemble in 
maybe over a decade. Like I, I didn't go see that ghost in the shell or whatever it was. Like the last time I saw her do a leading role, I think it was in uh, a Woody Allen movie called scoop where she was actually with playing opposite Hugh Jackman. Here's what I'm going to say. Tell me if you agree. I feel like when I, like when she's acting, I feel like I, I'm like, I can see that she's making pretend. Okay. Like, I can see that it's like so, she, you know, even thinks that this is like she's being a kid playing a character. Okay, I might. Uh, I'll. I'm gonna save. You just gave me a suggestion to okay. give to you. All right. Um. Th- that I will. I'm assuming you did not see, or or you're not Likely. currently thinking of it. Yeah. Um. For a Scarlett Johansson performance, it was actually very good. All right, but that was the thing. Like, I just thought she was like. Yeah, well, you know, I, I get it. I, I, I can understand like that. We're yeah. playing soldiers, it's you know? just kind of generic yeah. acting right. in a more generic action movie. Now, what are your thoughts on this? Which, when it was introduced, when the dialogue started, I was like, oh my God. And by the end, like a minute and a half okay. later, I was I like, already know what you're gonna you know where about. I'm going with this. I was like, oh, okay. I guess it's okay. It's like they, they made it somehow funny but like the hysterectomy conversation yeah wasn't that a little dark so like the way that they approach it was like the way it's like we're not going to shy away from this aspect of what was happening there here's how horrific what these girls went through was Mm. and but we're also going to like kind of make it light and, and yeah, because, like, like every David time Harbour's characters uncomfortable, uncomfortable with talking it. about it. Hey, David Harbor was all of us in that moment. <laughs> we, were, we were all David Harbor we were all watching David Harbor, that but at the scene. same time. I'm sure like a lot of women felt like Yelena and Florence yeah, oh, character sure. like, Oh, of course you don't want to talk about this. You're uncomfortable. Yeah, right. But exactly. Here's the reality of what's going but here's on. The, exactly like i almost love that scene because it was and every time i get afraid that disney is going to purify a dark subject they do something like that where i'm like yeah. oh my god you know it's like i remember watching uh pirates of the caribbean i think like two and there were there was some scene where he's being dragged off and there's like bloody ankles and then he ends up shooting some sparrow it just yeah. explodes into into feathers it's like, man, that's dark for a Disney movie. Disney but, movies are, you know, are kind of not so secretly dark, though. They are in not so secretly cartoon, dark. In every cartoon, the parents are dead. Yes. Yes. So I, I have to say, maybe I rushed to judgment too soon on some of the Disney-like decisions they make. Because yeah. they, do, they do really do, like, do justice to some of this dark content. So, I, you know, unless you want to move to the... I, what the post credits like i'm good i would uh, before we get to the post credits and this will probably lead us into the post credits this conversation yeah i think the the one thing we haven't talked about from this movie which is funny because like you mentioned you know scarlett johansson and how she did did yeah um this i think the purpose of this movie was originally intended to be like the send-off for 
Natasha and Black yeah. Widow and, and Scarlett Johansson's character, which instead I think what it ended up being was the showcase and introduction of Florence Pugh and her character, Yelena, who is obviously yeah. going to be taking over in that Black Widow role in the MCU. Right. And I thought she was the 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 MVP of this movie. I thought she was great. She does such a good job. She, she's funny. Yeah. She she's like I was watching this movie. I was like, oh, she's like she's a movie star. Like she is yeah. a she's a Marvel superhero where she's doing all the action pieces. She's witty, mm-hmm. like all of the Marvel superheroes are. Like much more witty than uh, Natasha really ever was. Yeah. Um. I I just felt I thought she did a great 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 job i agree i think they did a great job i like like i said i love the whole sister dynamic the thing with the like again the movie was comprised of great 30 second moments yeah but they uh, they but they were standalones like it wasn't it wasn't anything that helped it make it make it become a great movie like the vest scene very funny. You know, talk about the pockets. Very funny. Or the, the very pose, hard belt. The pose thing. Her making yes, fun of she's such a poser. Right. Posing all like, the time. Absolutely tremendous. Like absolutely tremendous. So yeah, she is. She's witty. She's funny. I think you're right. I think she's a movie star. Um, I I would you know tune in to watch her take over that role and and be you know it, it, her join the Avengers in that capacity. Um, I, I just hope we, you know, it's a shame we don't haven't seen David Arbor up to this point play that character. Um, I hope we get to see him do something with it again because it was he's so funny. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure that yeah. whole th- the the him and um, Rachel Weiss will be back. And mm. then obviously, judging by the post credits, we could get into it. Right. Um, so Florence Pugh and Yelena will be back. I, so, they will be back. The post-credit scene, true to Marvel fashion, they kind of try to give Natasha a send-off, but yes. she like doesn't get a good one again. If she doesn't get a good it's one. It's like, oh yeah, she gets a, a a normal regular tombstone in Ohio. In Ohio. No monument or anything like that. Just here you but, go. Here's a normal grave in a normal graveyard. But you know in what? Ohio. Like, here's the other thing. That they really did a piss poor job of of uh, uh, fleshing out the whistle. So the sisters have this thing where they whistle to one another. Like one yeah. does a certain type of whistle, and then a different sound follows. Oh, I so, thought they were okay with that. They but but here's that the, a couple times in the movie. They showed it a couple times, but it was introduced here for the first time. Fine, and they showed it a couple times, but at the end, like. I was saying to myself, I was like, oh, are they going to bring her back? Because they do. She does the whistle. And then spoiler alert, there's a beat where I we're all supposed to be thinking, are we going to hear the return whistle? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. You didn't think that? No, I didn't think that. Oh, yeah. When she did the whistle, I thought, oh, they're going to bring her back. And I'm glad they did. I thought I thought the beat was there for like, oh. Like she's just not to feel bad. She's not gonna respond. Yeah. Like that's sad, type of thing. Right. I didn't go there, but 
no yeah. like listen well that's this the thing is, that's this the is thing. marvel it's better... the, the, this is a comic book movie like i can yeah. see how someone's mind would go there and yeah and don't like don't get me wrong when i say i'm glad they didn't bring her back it's not because i don't like the character or the actor it's that I think it would, it would diminish her role and brought her back. Right. Like, let's make sure. You know, sure like, it that would diminish it, the good that she had done. What happened actually matters. Yeah. Actually matters. Now, she whistles. We're waiting for a return whistle. It doesn't come. She's dead. Okay. But then you hear the sound of someone blowing their nose. And I'm like, that's hysterical. And it's Julie Louis Dreyfus who I love in everything she does. She is a funny, funny actress and does a great job. So she's now back. A leg Valentina Allegra Fontaine or Allegra Valentina Fontaine, something like that. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, (laughs) chief metallurgist to the King of Spain. Um, Yes. Like I, I love that she's there. I love the connection to the, to the shows because she was born out of, uh, Captain in the Winter Boat Soldier. Yes. Um, Which originally, so the original plan was yeah. actually that uh, because Black Widow was going to come out first, this uh-huh. was going to come out before any of the the Disney shows. It was going to. Oh, go so Black that would have been the first introduction. Then Winter Soldier, then WandaVision. That right. was the original order it was supposed to go in, and it ended up going in the opposite direction. Right. But her cameo was originally supposed to be in this. And I don't know if they refilmed it or kind of re repurposed it, yeah, uh, because we've already seen her. But just a little tidbit. But it works. She was supposed to appear in this. Was supposed to be her reveal. Was in okay. this movie as opposed to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I like it. I like, it. and that's fine, and that makes sense too. But it's like we just keep keeping Hawkeye in play enough. Enough. Let him go home. We're done. He can't. I mean, I like Jeremy Renner. I like Hawkeye. But it's just like SNL is right. He's useless to us. Like so here here's you know, the thing. I, I kinda I kinda like it. And here's right. why. Um we wait, so spoiler alert, she basically Blaine, so she leans over to her. Apparently, Yelena has been working with her right, for right. some time, and she's yeah. trying to entice her Yelena another target. To another target, and that target happens to be Hawkeye, right. who he blames for Natasha's death. She, yeah, she blames for Natasha's death. She apparently knows about Boromir, right, and what happened, but she's kind of twisting it and saying that it's Hawkeye who's responsible for Natasha dying. So you can take out the person who's responsible for her death. So that's how she's like posing it. We don't know if people actually believe that or if she's just using that as a way to get her to fight. So here, here's a couple, a couple of things about this. Let's see. Let's give a little bit of an overview and questions that we might have to this and everything like that. We know that Hawkeye is going to have a TV show. Yes. In Rolling or Trolling, we touched on the fact that it's going to premiere prior to the end of the year. Um, we did know from all the uh, the casting mm. of Hawkeye that Florence Pugh would be appearing in some capacity yes. um, in the Hawkeye TV series. 
So now we kind of have an understanding of what the dynamic is going to be for her character there, where right. she is at least at first going to be um, in at, at odds with Hawkeye because right. he's uh, evidently a target for her. And then we're also getting more insight into uh, into Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character's motivations, right? Right. Because at first, we're like, you know, people are presuming, oh, maybe she's putting together the Thunderbolts, right? Yeah, it's okay. like the bad guys who are, are yeah. a team that are kind of good guys, kind of bad. Um, we see in Falcon and Winter Soldier, she recruits... Um, she recruits U.S. agent. U.S. She agent recruits John Walker, mm. and, but there we don't know. Like, we think she's bad because we know about her from the comic books. But right. is she actually bad? Like, what's going on here? Why is she recruiting John Walker? Yeah. What is she recruiting him for? This now seems like learn, she's bad. Yeah. Now we yeah. learn right. that apparently Elena has been working for her for whatever time period, right. which is interesting. I wonder if we're going to get more background on that, what they've been doing. And it seems like she must now is, is leaning towards being bad. Right. Because obviously if you have Hawkeye as a target, maybe it's a little bit more ambiguous than you think, because maybe the rumor on the street is that he's responsible that for he Natasha's death. Off the hill, yeah. He did have a, a dark period. Um, yes. For five years where he was Ronin and he was yeah. killing he was killing killers but still right. he was killing so, people killing so people. like maybe there's a kind of gray area in there where not everyone's fully good not everyone's fully bad hmm. um but that's going to be all interesting to see play out and it seems like we're going to get more of her and and more of that whatever team building she's doing we're going to get more of in hawkeye right i Yes, I'm all for it. I'm fine. I think it was a perfect post credits ending scene. Love her. I like where they're going. But again, like here's what Hawkeye's superpower is. He his character was able to convince Linda Cordellini to marry him. And that's why I'm turning <laughs> up to watch the show. If Linda Cordellini is going to be in the show, I'm going to watch the show. If she's not going to be in the show as his wife, then I'm like, you know, all right, do we really need to follow Hawkeye <laughs> on this path? Like, I just don't, you know, I just don't see it. I don't know. Fair but, enough. but I'm Fair rooting enough. for it. I'm rooting for it, as always. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah. Let's put a pin in Black Widow. Pin now. in Black Widow. I'm glad we both enjoyed it. We obviously yeah. recognize the flaws, but it was a fun movie. Yes. Um, we're going to bring back suggestions this week. Oh yeah. Let's, let's get some suggestions going. Let's figure out what we want to do here. Um, Neil, I don't know if you have yeah. something for me. I, you I inspired a suggestion I'm very from inspired. our conversation today for, for me. So what, what do uh, you got for me? I, so in line with the black widowness of it all, I did keep, um, or I tried to find spy movies. Okay. So sky movies, spy, spy, oh, movies. spy movies. I was yeah. like, oh, sky movie kind of applies because that whole thing is in the sky. I don't really know what the a sky. sky movie is, but okay. Well, okay, and spy I'm assuming movies, I like that or uh, like spy and or um, covert actions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So 
in the spirit of offering you something that I've seen that we can discuss, have you, uh, you have the, the, the primes, the, the Amazon primes. I do have the Amazon primes. Okay. Have you seen the, uh, Tom Cruise joint American made American made? No, yes. you have not. Fact, I haven't even really heard of it. Really? I don't believe I have. Oh, wait a minute. Why is it saying it's $3.99 on Amazon? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought it was boo. for free. I thought you were about to suggest to me Jack Reacher. <laughs> oh, please. No, 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 no. I, I may like, have oh, to pivot because I thought I thought okay. this was for Frizzle pivot? and streaming. Pivot? pivot? What do you got for me? Okay, here's, here's what I got for you right now. Yeah. And again, this is based off of uh, your your feelings that Scarlett Johansson hasn't acted in a decade. Yes. I would like to counter that opinion with this movie. Counter. Which came out um, a couple years ago, right. pre-pandemic. Got it. Um, she was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Ooh. As a matter of fact, I believe in this year... She was nominated for, she was nominated twice, one for this movie and I think one for Jojo Rabbit. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so which Jojo Rabbit she was good in? I don't think it was Oscar worthy, but she was good. Right. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe she didn't get two noms, but I believe she did. So this movie, this is like a deep movie. This is not like oh I'm gonna sit and like. This is going to be fun. Okay. This is like a serious, like, this is a drama. Right. This, um, it is obviously starring Scarlett Johansson. Right. It's also starring a, a favorite of mine. I don't know if he's a favorite of yours just because of his work in your favorite, um, in, in Star Wars, but I Ooh. think, I think. I think I'm intrigued. You, you at least, even though you didn't like the new trilogy, I yeah. think you liked him, Adam Driver. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I'll tolerate okay. Adam Driver. So it's two of them, and like he's incredible in this too. Right. But I think they both are. And there's one scene in particular that is just like I I don't understand how someone could like act with the emotion that they portray in this oh one scene. It's like, it's unreal. Um, it's called Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Okay. This was nominated by, oh. uh, for the Oscars. It's obviously yeah. starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. It was directed yes. by Noah Baumbach. Um, right. It's on Netflix. and I it, have heard this, not seen it. Okay. So this, it yeah. basically, and it's kind of inspired by Noah Bombach's own story because he right. went through divorce and everything. But this is about a look at um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson and the deterioration of their marriage, at, you know, and what okay. that does so to I just them need to be sad. Their, their family. Yeah, yeah. it's I'll be sad for, but, for two and a half but, hours. But like excellent there acting. Is acting. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. You know what? I have been looking for a reason 
to watch this because I do I have I saw the previews. I was like, you know what? This does look like something I should watch. But then I was like, well, I'm but I'm gonna watch you know Mandalorian or I'm gonna watch Avengers right. again. Because it's, not, like, it's yeah, not an easy yeah. like it's like, okay, I gotta be right. like this is gonna be serious. This is gonna take you through an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. It's not like a a fun per se watch. Word. Well, I'm gonna give you my I have two suggestions um, in case you've seen one. Um, the first one I'm going to suggest, hopefully you haven't seen it. It is a fun movie with people you love. And it, it ties in because it is a spy movie, but it is also an Owen Wilson joint. Okay. Have you seen the movie with Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy called I Spy? I have years and years ago but like probably so long ago that Uh i don't remember anything about the movie well i'll tell you what so i don't mind watching it i if i did watch it again it would probably be like i'm watching it for the first time for the first time you can take your pick because i don't believe you've seen the manchurian candidate either correct i have not seen the manchurian candidate both are free to stream on amazon prime on the primes uh which would you like to watch so i spy totally fun movie um eddie murphy being hysterical owen wilson uh doing his best owen wilson um he reminds you of like the funness of mobius but also the you know he's a little bit more manic he's not as reserved uh and or Manchurian Candidate, which is more serious. And you're talking the original. No, I would love to be the original, but sadly it is not streaming. Got it. And so this is, it was all the stream. So we've got to be be streaming. The the remake. This would be the remake. The original had Frank Sinatra. Right. um, But the remake has a young Liev Shriver. uh, Oh, it's got Denzel. Young Denzel doing his thing. Tremendous film, but it is about mind control. It is about, uh, you know, the, the Iraq war, because this was the remake. Um, these two were soldiers. They were, you know, involved in a... Oh, this has a lot of people in it. Yeah. Meryl Streep, like, wanna... Jeffrey Wright, Anthony Mackie is in this. You want to do Manchurian? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Manchurian Candidate, just because... Manchurian. Yeah, let's let's get something a little. Let you know what you got to get real, it, for your suggestion. and you got to get real real for for my suggestion. Word. Let's get real. All right, awesome. So you are gonna watch Marriage Story. I'm gonna watch Victorian Candidate. The end of our next episode is gonna be quite depressing, but yes, we'll try to. We're gonna make it fun. Um, yeah, we don't have any new Marvel shows or anything. For next week. So what I'm thinking about doing, because it is the summer. Yeah. And typically, like we would normally get, you know, our the summer movies coming out, blockbusters in a normal year, we would be getting that. Um, so to fit the theme, and I want to know your opinion on this, I would like to have a Right. Summer blockbuster movie draft. 
Ooh, at the top okay. of our shell. So how that would entail is similar to how, if any of you are familiar, say, with fantasy football. Right. Where you have, you know, you're drafting a quarterback and a couple running backs and a wide receiver. There are certain positions you have to fill. That is going to be what we're doing for the summer blockbuster movie draft. As Sienna wakes up, she doesn't like this idea, I guess. So essentially what we would need to do, just for example's sake, is, okay, we have a summer blockbuster movie draft. The movies that qualify, they all, the only thing to qualify is that they had to have been released during the summer. Had to be released during the summer. They have to have been released during the summer. And then we need to fill categories. So we need to have an action movie. We need to have a superhero movie. We need to have a rom-com maybe right. animated like there's different categories that we need to fill to fill our our lineup of summer blockbusters i love it all right so that i'm gonna add be, i'm gonna add horror i think we should go action horror, superhero horror is on so i'll give you the categories that i have horror. down here and you could let me yeah. know if i've missed anything okay. so i've got action superhero rom-com then normal comedy okay animated slash children yeah horror Right. Drama and wild card. Drama and wild. I love it. That's what we got right now. And we can we can tweak those categories too. That's what I'm thinking. We'll behind the scenes we'll we'll figure yeah. out exactly how we want to do that. I um, think this is genius. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a fun episode. So we're doing the summer blockbuster movie draft next week. We also got rolling or trolling, and then we are gonna be talking about marriage story and the Manchurian candidate the 2004 version yes Um, thank you all for joining us for another episode of it was all the stream if you are enjoying the podcast please subscribe review and rate wherever it is that you are listening we are on virtually every podcast platform we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify we're on all the good ones all Um, the good ones we are also on Neil's tremendous website. Oh yeah. Thescreen.com. That's glued the number two, thescreen.com. With all that being said, Neil, what do you have to say to the people? Stream on everybody.